Here's a question to think about. How do we turn our chaos into calm, our pain into power? How do we break free from our own mental prisons and regain our identity? That's the million dollar question, and this podcast will give the answers. My, my, my name is Mario Race, and this is Elevate Others, the Movement. Elevate Others, the Movement. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Elevate Others, the Movement with myself, Mario Race. Today, we have a very special guest. Today, we have the founder of True Rivalry clothing brand, also the founder and CEO of Jport Media, digital marketing agency, and the host of the vastly growing podcast, Perfectly Mentored. This gentleman, as the host of Perfectly Mentored, has been featured in many publications such as Entrepreneur, Inc. Magazine, BuzzFeed, Yahoo Finance, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, and that's just to name a few. And he has also worked with businesses all over the world. Uh, he has been mentored by, coached for, and interviewed by such influencers as Damon John, Gary Vaynerchuk, Frank Kern, Tim Bird, Akbar Sheik, and many more. So it is my pleasure to welcome to Elevate Others the Movement, Jason Portnoy. Jason, thank you very much for being on. It is such an absolute pleasure. So happy to be here and being on the other side of things, on the other side of, of hearing, I usually read the bios of the people, not have them read to me, but I'm just going to take that one clip and send it to my mom. I did not read that. I actually did uh, memorize it because, you know, I've been following you for a very long time and meeting you in November and finding out the vast knowledge that you had and learning that I am computer illiterate. You have taught me an awful lot. And that's what Elevate Others is all about. But first, I really want to start by talking about True Rivalry. This is a great story to me. You put a lot of branding into True Rivalry, but more importantly, it was the marketing. This brand was sold in 250 stores across North America. But what was so compelling about this story was the fact that you use such incredible marketing strategies, it actually caught the attention of Shark Tank's own Damon John, which is very impressive. Share with us, what were those marketing strategies that would catch the attention of someone like Damon John? So one is it's a combination of the tactics we used for the brand in order to position ourselves. And it's another of my personal marketing that I did in order to outreach to Damon. So it wasn't just the brand caught fire and Damon John saw it. We were strategic in how we did it. So I read a book by Damon John. Uh, I think it was called The Brand Within. Inside, he says he likes helping young entrepreneurs, mentoring and helping young entrepreneurs. I'm like, great, I'm starting a clothing company. This is awesome. I'm a young entrepreneur. Maybe he'll mentor me. And I think Shark Tank may have just started or right before. So I went on Twitter. Instagram didn't exist yet. I went on Twitter and I was like, hey, you like helping young entrepreneurs. I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm getting started. Would love your help. Obviously, he didn't reply. But then I kept going. Uh, I kept you know, showcasing a little bit of true rivalry, mixing in with some of the stuff he was saying about how to build a brand. So I was actually showing that I was listening to him a little bit. And then here and there, I'd go back and be like, hey, you like helping your entrepreneurs. I would love your help. And finally, he messaged me. He said, he tweeted back, which was like a great day. He's like, damonjohn.com. Because I reached out to him. I said, how do I reach you? How do I get this? 
and he wrote DamonJohn.com. And I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm going to go to his website. There's going to be a whole con. There was not a phone number on the website. There was no contact information. It was like the biggest blow off possible. <laughs> and I was like so excited that he responded to me. And so I was like, okay, great. I don't see where to reach out to you on here. This doesn't work. No response. Kept doing it for maybe another month. And then I got a private message from him. Direct message from Damon John. This is awesome. I open it up. It says DamonJohn.com. And I couldn't reply to him because he didn't follow me back. So I, there was no way to reply. I was like, ah, oh, another blow up. And I kept going until finally uh, I, I scored the meeting. And uh, I think it was his assistant at the time was, hey, where are you based? I'm like, Montreal. He's like, okay, can you be in New York in next week? And I said, 100%. Went to New York. I think I was just getting over mono at the time even. And I went. It worked out great. One of my best friends was getting married in New Jersey. So it worked out. And I was like, scored the meeting. And that's kind of how we got it. And then sent Damon some samples and he sent the tweet out saying, seeing this brand True Ravi pop up reminds me of the cult following FUBU had, which kind of just solidified things in our books a little bit. It's an amazing story, but you didn't stop. The adversity of continuing to reach out to him was unbelievable. But you did get that first meeting. You got that I first did. meeting. You showed up to that first meeting, but you almost blew that first meeting. <laughs> Share that with our listeners so they understand that you cannot give up and you have to be as resourceful as possible to make sure if you do get that opportunity, do not let it slip out of your hands. Yeah, so I got the meeting. I remember I was staying at a buddy's house in New York. I took a cab to the Empire State Building because Damon's on, I think, the 67th floor. Super excited. I was so nervous. <laughs> Walked there with like samples in my hand, like a bag and, and my notepad, and I was so ready to soak it in. And I get to the security desk and security desk is like, who are you here to see? I mean, even telling the story, it kind of brings back. I'm like, Damon John. I was so excited, but the security guy's like, all right, and typed it in. It's like, <laughs> what's your name? I tell him. He's like, cool, I need ID. So I'm like, sure, no problem. I re I'm like, I left my wallet in the cab. So now I'm gone. I don't have my wallet. Uh, he's like, look, I can't let you up. I'm, I can't give you a badge unless you have ID. He goes, is there someone there that you know in the office that could come down and vouch for you? And I'm like, Damon. So I'm like, that's the only person that, that I've had any interaction with. So I had my phone. I was emailing his assistant. I actually knew his, uh, I had the assistant's email. No one was responding to me. I always like to be like 15 minutes early to a meeting. And that time was slowly <laughs> winding down to meeting time. And I remember it was like a minute before. I'm like, this is it. This guy's not going to let me into his office five minutes late. How serious do I look? This is so unprofessional. They're trying to call everyone in the office. Worst time for their assistant to go take a lunch break. No one's answering the phones in there. I'm wondering, this is gone. This meeting's over. And then uh, I hear the guy say, okay, someone's coming down to get you. And I'm like, okay, phew, we're, we're good. And, and Damon like, John uh, came down they're himself like, they're to like, get Mr. You. John, They're like, Mr. John, uh, it's, this is the guy that's here for you. And I'm like, oh, God. And <laughs> I get in the elevator. and I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is not how I wanted to start things. And he couldn't have been nicer. And he's like, I was so embarrassed. He, he was like, it's like, look, at least I'm going to remember you now. You're the fool that lost his wallet. There you go. And so that, will like, stick, that will stick in his mind forever, of course. Yeah. So, and it worked. I mean, he remembered me every time. The next couple of times, he's like, you have your wallet on you? I'm like, yes, I have my wallet on me. Yes, <laughs> and he's yes, reminding I'm you, make sure you bring your wallet. The next meeting, he's like, make sure you got everything you need to come up here. I'm not coming down again. Like, so it turned into a joke. And then that turned into an amazing, amazing opportunity for me. Uh, we met. It also turned into an amazing friendship. Not just yeah. the fact that he mentored you, but you guys have a friendship. And that's yeah, look, what develops I, out of it. I think everything happens for a reason. Forgetting the wallet happened for a reason. Uh, I think on my third meeting with him, I was one of his last meetings. 
and I had a flight coming back home. Again, the story that I, I never really told anywhere. So like, this is one of the first places I'm, I'm telling the story. I had a flight back home and he was like, hey man, I'm running a little bit late, but if you're willing to stay, we could go grab dinner or we could order dinner in here and we could chat. I'm like an idiot. I'm like, no, sorry, I can't. I, I got to fly back home. <laughs> Which like, now thinking of it, I'm like, how stupid are you? You're the worst businessman. You're the worst, uh, you're the worst person to like capitalize on opportunities. Like what's wrong with you? Pay the $200 to change your flight, fly home tomorrow. Like this guy's going to have dinner with you. I'm like, sorry, I got to fly. He's like, all right, so let's do a half an hour. And then he said something to me, which this, it worked out even better. He's like, hey man, I don't usually do this, but like, I feel bad that I got to cut short a little bit. Here's my cell phone number. He's like, this is my personal cell phone number. Call me uh, when you're back home. We'll finish the conversation on, on Skype. And now I have his cell phone number. So obviously I don't abuse it, but what that turned into holidays, happy holiday on his birthday, happy birthday, uh, just messages like that. And now I have this interaction with him that no one had that even if I had dinner with him, it would have turned into just a meeting and dealing with the system to get the next meeting. Now I have that instant connection. So it worked out. Everything happens for a reason. So let, let's pivot to, yeah. uh, to Jport. I mean, you are obsessed with marketing. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows you. Everybody follows you. You are obsessed with marketing and the marketing strategies. What you have done for your clients and for businesses, not just with awareness and bringing them to the forefront so people recognize who they are, but you've used specific marketing strategies where you were able to bring multiple businesses across seven figures in profitability, multiple businesses to multiple six figures in profitability. When you look at a different type of agency that comes to you for your help and for your expertise, do you look at what type of agency you wanna work for? Or do you take a specific strategy for the type of agency or for the type of company that you're working for? We don't really do much work with other agencies. It, it's more direct with the client unless we're what's called white labeling for another agency. But for the client, yeah, we, I mean, we tend to look for people who have what's called proof of concept, uh, especially being in paid media. They need a good offer. Um, your mom liking the product, your sister buying it, uh, your friend told you if you gave him one for free, he would use it. Like, that's not sales. That doesn't mean anything. Marketing is very hard. Building a business is very, very hard. Uh, if you're going to invest money in these platforms, uh, we want to make sure that you have your sales offer. Selfishly, I like winning. So I only want to work with companies that have that because it puts us in a better position to get them results versus not getting results. And I always like to tap ourselves on the back and, and say we're, we're getting good results, but also for them, right? I don't want people putting money into something that it's a lot harder. If we have to prove out your systems for you, I mean, one out of nine, like nine out of 10 offers pretty much fail. So if we're the ones proving that out for you, it's just going to get costly if you're going to hire an agency to do that. You know, ethically, I don't feel that's right. Unless they're wanting to grow and, and invest in building their brand and their image out there, then that's fine. But if they want, you know, paid media, Facebook ads, for example, they want results. We tend to look for people who have that proven sales offer already. And, you know, and speaking of it, you, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, and I want, I want the listeners to really understand that bringing people on who truly have that mentality of elevating others is really what this show is all about. And you truly do exemplify that. In the midst, at the height of the pandemic, you put out an awesome post with social proof about why Facebook ads at that time, you were very bullish on it. And I love using the word bullish. I come from the financial world, my background, but you were bullish on it. And you took advantage of that because you want to see people to continue to scale because a lot were pulling back. 
what was it in your vision that you saw that Facebook ads were going to work more at that particular time? People were at home, right? Everyone was, so you had a mix, a, a perfect storm, what I call a perfect storm. And now that perfect storm is pretty much gone. I mean, it's still pretty good, but costs have gone up, but it was a perfect storm of every advertiser was cutting their budget. What happens when people cut their budget? Competition goes down. So you're not paying as much to advertise. So if you're not paying as much to advertise, and I didn't get the logic of business owners. I was like, so if competition is going down, which means you can now get your ad and your message out there for cheaper and everyone's at home. So the attention on these platforms at all time high, right? Like, cause everyone's on these platforms, they're home all day. They're scrolling. They have nothing else to do. There's no work. There's no distraction. Everyone's on these platforms. So social media is at an all time high usage and costs are at like a two year low. I mean, you triple down on that. That's and the, you, you look at that spread. You, you triple down. You don't, you don't just say, okay, we're going to keep advertising going. You triple down. And one of our clients did, they averaged $45,000 a month in sales before the pandemic. They hit 600,000 last month in sales, 400,000 a month before they tripled down their advertising budget and got better results because it was cheaper for myself. I started doing perfectly mentored live on Facebook. The results are, have been better than any of podcasts I ever put out because I understood attentions there. People are there. Give them something. You know, it's, it's incredible because you saw that and you had the foresight to see what was there. But that type of momentum to give to your clients, not only during the pandemic did they make money and were they able to help their clients, which came from you, but you think about how they scaled afterwards. And once it started opening up again and everybody, you know, started getting out there, you know, and speaking of perfectly mentored, it's the podcast has blown me away. It really has between Tim story, who I absolutely love. I love listening to him. We align with our, with our message. Uh, you know, the founder of click funnels, Russell Brunson, which a lot of our listeners would know you had the COO of Shopify. I mean, huge bulletproof coffee. I mean, here's a guy, I love this because you know, he's like me, he wants to live forever. But it's so diversified. And to have Gary Vaynerchuk's brand director on, you don't look for one niche. You're looking to bring everything together. And I think that that's what makes your podcast so amazing and why I want to promote that podcast. Because my job, again, is to elevate others and bring the people on where other people can go and they can listen to and get that foresight. What is it? Like, how do you pick and choose because you have, there's so many different niches in there, but they all have one common element. Share that with us. What is it that you think about when you want to have a guest on and whether or not to have them on? Honestly, it's selfish. I started Perfectly Mentored because, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, he was one of the first people on the podcast, was on because he told me to start a podcast and I annoyed him. Same thing with Damon John. I annoyed him until he said, you're not going to stop, are you? And I said, no. And he's like, do 20 episodes and I'll come on. And that's the reason why I started the podcast. I wanted an hour with Gary. And if I ask anyone for an hour of their time, they would say no. But I realized something very quickly. If you ask someone for an hour to pick their brain, no one's going to give you the hour. You ask them for a half an hour to interview them, they'll give you an hour. Everyone likes talking about themselves. So I just reframed the question. I don't want to pick your brain. I want to interview you. I want to interview you on my podcast. And all of a sudden, people have time for you because they're being interviewed. And guess what that interview is? I'm asking every question I would have asked if I had that pick your brain session with you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it, 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 it turned into me. So everyone's like, well, how do you focus? What questions do you want from the listeners and everything? And I, and I mean this, I love the people who pay attention and listen to the podcast. But I think the reason why it's had the feedback it's had is because 
I don't really care what the listeners want to ask because their questions don't mean anything. And I'm asking questions that they all have, but no one's asking them. They don't have the way to ask them. So every podcast I listen to with these guys are the same. It's the same question, same thing over and over and over. I don't need that if I'm going to interview you. I know the answers. I could just watch one of your YouTube videos. I don't need to ask it again. So I ask questions that you haven't answered yet or things that are important to me or things that I want to know. And I realize that when I ask the questions that I want to know, chances are people have the same exact questions as you and they want to know the exact same thing too. And I think they're a bit more tactical, but Perfectly Mentored was supposed to be a book. I wanted to follow four people in four core areas of life around for a week and then write a book on how I became a better business person or how I became a better person. So the four business for like sales, marketing, mindset, and health and wellness. So I was going to follow four top people around. No one's giving me a week to follow them around. Realized that really early. So I'm like, all right, what's the next best thing? I'll interview everyone. And then it's really just how do you become better? It's, it's business, but I think most people focus on one thing, marketing or sales or whatever. To be a really good business, you have to encompass everything. Absolutely. And you know, you brought up a really good point because to me, everything comes out of a conversation. Yes, I'm asking you questions, but we're having a conversation because we want our listeners to understand that we're real. We're authentic. We're not here to sell ourselves. We're here to show them ideas on how they can get out there and they can start building a business. They could start finding their passion, finding that clarity. And that comes out of people like you and I just sharing our stories. My story is not your story. Your story is not my story, but we have a common goal. And that common goal is to make everybody better, to elevate them so they can turn around and elevate others. And I think, I think that's very important. And, you know, as a coach and as a speaker, you and I've had a lot of conversations where I've said, you know, Jason, you just have too much knowledge. And I don't say that in a way where you're the best thing since sliced bread. It's the way you deliver the knowledge. You to deliver knowledge to, like, to someone like myself who was tech illiterate. You coached me along the tech platform. I'm tech illiterate. But yet, whatever question I threw at you, ba-bam, you just came back with the answer. Where do you see yourself going in the coaching space? Because I would love to see you be able to share that, what you've shared with me. And I've told you, you should be sharing that with a lot more people. Where do you see yourself going with that? Yeah, so, you know, during the pandemic, I put out a post at the start of it saying, I know a lot of businesses have been impacted or affected by this. I'm going to give away three free coaching sessions, an hour, no pitch, nothing. Just if you need help pivoting or adapting, I think you should be marketing online. If you need any questions, let's just jump on a call and, and do it. I ended up doing 15 calls because I did the first three and I absolutely loved it. You know, I run an agency. We have clients. I love working with clients. I love the agency work. I love what that's doing. But there's something about looking someone in the eyes and seeing the immediate impact that you're having on them and watching them grow and watching them get there. And, and I fell in love with it. So I remember, you know, I, we, sh we share similar mentors and coaches like Akbar, for example, and, and talking to him being like, I absolutely love this. Like, this is great. He's like, well, listen to yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to start putting out more posts. I'm going to start putting out more content about helping people. And then people started reaching out to me. I'm like, hey, by the way, if you're interested in doing this, I'm offering coaching. And because I'm just starting in all this, I don't even know what to charge because I'm just trying to evaluate my time and, but I love helping. So I'm trying to mix and match and see, I still have to run an agency, so I can't do everything, but let me put out a couple of feelers and see, and just charge. And I have a feeling I'll end up charging more than this, but uh, come and let's see. Took on a few coaching clients and, and just love it. I absolutely love it. So where do I see this? I absolutely 
I use that word a lot, love the coaching space and the consulting space. I feel like I'm going to pull myself out of the agency a lot more. Uh, the agency doesn't need me to run it like so much on, on like a granular. I, I still need to be there as a day-to-day -day CEO, but I think my time is going to be better off spent helping other people who A, maybe can't afford an agency or B, need other areas aside from marketing in order to help take their business to the next level. To me, that's amazing. I mean, me, I like my coaching. I coach people to get them on a path to freedom and happiness. There are a lot of people that are really stuck in life. They believe that the life they're living is the only life they can live. You sharing your message, uh, you sharing your knowledge with these individuals who want to grow that business, that, that's incredible. Who's your idea avatar for coaching? Such a good question. I'm still dialing that in right now. I think I'm learning a lot by the people I'm talking to right now and seeing like, eh, not the right fit. And I'm paying attention to a lot of people who aren't the right fit versus are the right fit in order to craft it. I'm still learning who that is at the moment. If I'm going to be truthfully honest, I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, I'm still in the attitude that I love chatting with anyone. So anyone who wants to, anyone who wants to grow, I, I, I want to have a conversation with you and see if I could help you. At the same time, I'm completely transparent and honest. If I do not believe I could help you, I, and if I do not believe I could bring any value to you, I will not take one cent from you. And the same way if I charge you and you don't think I'm adding value to you, just tell me anytime. I don't believe in being paid without delivering value. You know, what you just said, I think is absolutely fantastic because there, look, there are a lot of coaches out there who are not true coaches because they'll just coach the coach. I tell people all the time, I've been through a lot of stages in my life. You know my story. I've been through a lot of pain. I've been through a lot of suffering, a lot of failures, a lot of struggles. If I haven't been through that stage and someone needs help there, I'll refer them to someone else who I know yeah. can help them. I'm not going to sit there and make believe. I, to, to me, to be a true coach, you've had to experience what others are going through, the growing pains. Look, you know, there's three types of people in this world. There's the people who, uh, and I've done this through research, the amount of people, there, there are people who just don't believe they can be helped. There are people who have gotten to that one stage where they will take that plunge or will take that risk, but the first failure or the first obstacle they hit, they revert right back to their comfort zone. And then there's people like you who you're just going to, no matter what, you're just going to keep going because the path is what you're after. And to continuously stay on that journey, no failure is going to stop you. No obstacle is going to stop you. No struggle is going to stop you. You are going to keep going. And I think it's very inspirational. And I, you know, like I said, the listeners right now, hearing it and hearing you talk and hearing you being so forthcoming and vulnerable, I think it's absolutely fantastic. So how do people reach Jason Portnoy? People out there are going to need you. They're going to need you to help me, whether it's growing your business or whether it's coaching them on the right mindset in growing their business. We know it's tough. We know entrepreneurs suffer. They suffer from depression. They suffer from loneliness, whatever it may be. How do people reach out to Jason Portnoy to get the help that you can provide? I'm super accessible. So across all social media channels, I'm at Jason Portnoy on Instagram, on Twitter. I think Facebook, I am Jason Portnoy, facebook.com slash I am Jason Portnoy. Jason at gportmedia.com. You could find me and, and I respond like people. I'm, I'm super, super accessible because people were accessible to me. So I always made a point to be accessible to others. But I think one of the things you just said is, is super, super important about, you know, your coaching career and something I really like about you and that I see in you that I'm trying to bring into myself is I think you could outgrow a coach. I think you get to a certain level, you know, if you want to make six figures, 
you find someone who's done it. But if you're going to someone who's done six figures in order to learn how to make eight figures, it's a waste of time. He can't coach you. She can't coach. She can't coach you. My goal, because I'm a, I'm a serial learner like you, my goal is that I never want anyone to, to outgrow me. You know, if I start with you and you're growing from, from five to six figures, right? Cool. Done it. Six to seven. Cool. But now I need to get to the next level so that I can help you come with me to the next level so that right. we could keep this relationship going. I don't want anyone to, like, yeah, I believe in everything you said, ethically handing someone off if you don't believe you could help them. But I don't want to hand anyone off. I want that journey together with people. So I think it's constantly bettering yourself like I see you doing, which I have a tremendous amount of respect for. I appreciate that. And you know, the reason I say hand off, there, there are some people who come to me and you know, there'll be four or five st stages where they're having true problems with which I can help them in. But there's one that I have not been there. So I don't coach from my head. I coach from my heart and my soul because you know, the mind, the heart and the soul have to be correlated for you to really be delivering the value that's necessary and being as vulnerable as possible. And, you know, sharing my story is where it takes people. When they share their story with me, I just want to make sure that that's the person I am going to be able to help to put on that path of freedom and happiness. So those are absolutely awesome points. And, you know, Jason, I can't thank you enough for being on. Absolutely always a pleasure talking with you. I look forward to working with you a lot more. I think you're going to do fantastic with the coaching. Um, you've already shown yourself uh, successful. And, you know, talking about constantly growing, I mean, I think people know I always, I always advertise it. I buy six new books every six weeks, and I go and search them out. Uh, whether it's in mindset, health and wellness, you know, just read the book Psycho-Cybernetics, and it is. We have to learn every day. We can't stop our growth. And that's another message that, you know, I want to get out to the listeners every single day. Listen to podcasts, read books, reach out to your mentor. I reach out to you and people within our mentorship program. And I ask, what would you do in this situation? Then I take it and I try to apply it to myself. And I think that's what makes this brotherhood and sisterhood of entrepreneurship so special because we're never going to let one another fall down. Like we're going to lean up against each other to make sure that we're all successful because if we're successful, we know how many people out there in the world we are making successful and putting them on the path of freedom. And happiness. You're, you're smart, Mario. So you're smart because most entrepreneurs don't get that. You know, it's predicated on if you're successful, that means one less person could be successful in life because you took that successful spot. So, oh no, we're running out of successful yeah. spots for people. So Mario just got to meet $10 million. Oh no, now I won't make $10 million. So they start hating on you and there's jealousy and they don't root for you and they get bothered and, and there's all these feelings. But the one thing I learned is like, there is way more money out there than people realize. There's way more success out there than people realize. And one person getting it, right or wrong, you could like them, hate them, but it has zero impact. Zero, zero, zero impact on your, on your success. Absolutely. I, I call them fraudpreneurs and I call them fraudpreneurs because they're out for themselves. I don't believe any entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is supposed to be changing the world. There's no way you could change the world if you're only changing yours. My goal, I mean, my dream, my passion, my purpose is to change as many lives as possible. That includes entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs who reach out to me because they're stuck, because they're lonely, because they're you know, as brilliant as they are, they're going to have those dark times. 
we're no different than the person working in a nine to five who wants to get out of that nine to five. We're the same person. We have the same feelings. We have the same problems, the same struggles, the same mental thoughts that go through our heads and we have to fight every day, but it's the way we react to it. I mean, I, I remember, you know, it could be, we could go back five, six years ago when I hit a failure, an obstacle, a struggle, I reacted differently, more so on the negative side. Now when it happens, I see it as opportunity. I embrace it and I accept it. And if I could just get more people to do that, I could take, we live in such a divided world, make it a united world by bringing the people of entrepreneurship, the true entrepreneurs. And I know who they are. I know the people around me who truly want to help, who want to support me. I know that if I help them, they're going to turn around and help somebody else. And that's the ripple effect that we need in this world right now, because we have to lift people up and we have to elevate others. So again, my friend, absolutely awesome. I mean, just fantastic always talking to you, but to be able to have this conversation like we always have and allow the listeners to really soak all this in, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I know they got a lot of value out of uh, what you had to say. So I want to thank you very much. I want to thank the listeners. And, you know, this episode of Elevate Others, the movement, I have to say, really fantastic. And being able to do this with you was an absolute pleasure. And you bring a lot of joy into my life. And I know that if I have somebody to lean on, you're always there. So, but I can't thank you enough for all the value you added to the listeners today. My brother, it's, it's me to thank you for everything you've done for me and for having me on here. So I, no thanks needed. I mean, I should be thanking you. So thank you for having me. And for our listeners, thank you again for listening to this episode of Elevate Others, the Movement with Mario Race. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Have a great day, everybody. If you learned anything from this episode, make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you don't ever miss another episode of Elevate Others, the Movement. Thank you.